everyone. Welcome back to Frog Flicks. I'm Richard Edgman, one of your hosts. I know we took off last week, so let's go around the room and see what everybody kind of did. Andrew, why don't you start us off with this one? Oh, what I did the, just this past week? Yeah, what's going on? Okay, not much uh, with me. I went to New York this past weekend for a wedding, and it was a lot of fun. Maybe a little too much fun in a good hey. way. I uh, definitely didn't see any movies, though, unfortunately, but I do have some buzz we'll talk about later. But that's what I did. What about y'all? You know, school. Yeah. Pretty consuming. <laughs> Pretty consuming, but you know we're almost done getting okay. that semester over. We're getting we're getting close to it, y'all. So close, and thank you all so much for still listening in if you've been tuning in with us. And we are excited to talk some more about entertainment. Yeah, so kind of taking that off, I got some kind of news and kind of premium streaming and HBO stuff. I know you have some other HBO news oh, we'll talk about definitely. in a little bit, but. In kind of the continuing merger of Time Warner Cable and AT&T, there seems to be some problems with HBO and that Dish customers are no longer getting HBO service, even though they've kind of paid for it. Yeah. Um, it seems that there's kind of issues of whether or not what who has the rights to distribute that kind of information. Mm-hmm. And so they're just kind of left blank. What do y'all think about it? What's kind of y'all's reaction? I'm not surprised because I just <laughs> think Dish is going downhill lately. <laughs> that is the best way to do yeah. uh, well, kind of, But DirecTV, which is owned by uh, Time Warner Cable, does have HBO still. Okay. So it's kind. Of, it's not just the whole st- <laughs> yeah, no yeah, satellite yeah. period. So it's more just like directly to Dish. <laughs> like, just, just, they're just the targeting one. Dish. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I've learned in classes that Dish is just, it's going downhill. I'm not surprised with this move. It's probably smart for, I don't know if it's smarter for HBO. What do you think? Probably, I wouldn't say it's smart because you're going to have fans of other things kind of come on and what happened to my program and directly blame HBO rather than like the parent company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to work. I also kind of in the, in the article that was just released on the Hollywood Reporter, they talk about how antitrust people were worried more about advertising being taken away rather than the whole network. Okay. I just don't think anyone saw it coming, and some lawyer just said, why not? <laughs> yeah, just that unexpected, okay, we're going to cut. And that'll be interesting to see if uh, more ties get cut with Dish as <laughs> it keeps going on, because I know Dish has had some heat recently with a lot of things going on, and I'm sure uh, less people are... Tuning into satellite TV at this point. Yeah, what's the what's HBO's like buy-in for these yeah. people? Yeah, it's they, got, they gotta focus on a certain audience, and That's obviously true. satellite TV is not that audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, speaking kind of of HBO and where they're going in the future, what about your? Oh your yes, so Entertainment Weekly has been hyping up so much Game of Thrones this week, and their next article is gonna have some interviews with some of the cast members and all of that. But if you aren't aware, HBO is going to do a Game of Thrones prequel. And not just one, they're going to do many. But one of the ones coming out that the author, George R.R. R. Martin, actually let slip the title, it's called The Long Night. And it's mm-hmm. going to star Naomi Watts. Hey. So, interesting. A bigger name out there. Yeah. Uh, when Game of Thrones first started, those characters were, those actors were not necessarily the biggest names out there. And yeah. now they are big names. People know who... Sophie Turner is, people know who Peter Dinklage is, like mm-hmm. people know those big names, but now it's kind of interesting you're starting off with a bigger name, Naomi Watts who's very well known, and yeah. now Yeah, are you, gonna, are you gonna have like the original series kind of 
where you have your uh, Sh- uh, Sean Beans, <laughs> your kind of Bobby Baratheons coming mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And we know who they are, but if anyone who's seen the show, <laughs> it may not have the longest longevity. So it, let's see how long she stays in the news. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, spoiler alerts, but um, if mean, you don't watch, I mean, you should know at this point. But <laughs> it's almost over. People, <laughs> people are tweeting and like, after they saw that, they're like, oh, she's going to get Sean Beaned. She's getting <laughs> Sean Beaned real quick. And it'll be interesting to see how she has, uh, goes with that. And but did you have any other? You said there was the long night. Is there any other information, or was that just the one slip up? I think that was the one major slip up. All right. And I'm curious to see where it's going to go. I'm just excited for the next season to come out of the normal one. I, I want to focus more of my attention on that. I'm sure we all. Yeah. And that's going to be the final one, right? It'll be yes. the final okay. one, and it's going to be six episodes. So okay. it's not going to be long but they're going to be longer episodes. Perfect. Yeah. Originally, it was going to be, I just found this out, it was going to be three movies, like the final okay. season. Okay. But honestly, it's probably going to be like six because, I mean, each one's like an hour and a half and that's equivalent yeah. to yeah. a movie. So. The last couple episodes in the last season, like the Attack yeah. on the Wall. Oh, yeah. You know, those are like hour 15 already. Yeah. Wow. You're, they're pushing it. We're getting invested, though, and even the, they promised that the b- final battle in Game of Thrones is going to make Peter Dinklage quotes, Battle of the Bastards look like a theme park. I believe. Uh, yeah. And I'm ready I am, I, for I, I, it. Because have y'all read the books at all? I haven't no. read the books. Okay, so I won't, I won't spoil too much because I have my own theories. But if if it goes along with what what's supposed to be going on in the books, yeah, it's going to be the showdown <laughs> of like probably the entire continent. I would not be <laughs> the entire I'm serious. What, like Westeros has seen some battles, but nothing on this scale. <laughs> I'm just so excited for seeing that on screen. I've been hyped from the books. Yeah. And I'd love to see where the prequel goes, too. There's yeah. a lot of re- rich kind of history that Ab- they haven't talked about. Absolutely. There's so much going on within it. And I think I would recommend, I guess this could be a little bit buzz. if you are interested in Game of Thrones, get on it now. Because when we're all going to be talking about this yeah. big epic battle in a year or so, and everyone's going to be like, oh, wait, I probably should. Yeah. That's going to be me. No. I haven't yeah. seen yeah. Game of Thrones. Okay. Only because by the time I was interested in interested in it there were it was like already season four or five okay and i felt like it was a lot to catch up with and mm-hmm. i haven't given it the time it's a lot to binge yeah. it is a lot to be i actually did i binged seasons one through six okay. so i didn't seven was the first season i watched as they were being released mm-hmm. and it's a lot but it's worth it okay. if you can get through a few of the earlier seasons mm-hmm. i think you would agree with me richard on that yeah i enjoyed them, but i was a fan before i was okay i, yeah. I read them before so mm-hmm. i was just like i knew like i knew season four where se- season four was going to happen in season one and i was just sitting there waiting <laughs> yeah like, you, you, you know, knew like that was, moment was coming yeah 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 but also just as kind of a book fan if you're interested in this prequel there's a supplementary book that martin another writer released about a year or two ago that has stories of westeros kind of like a history book oh, cool. written from the perspective of a maester who's like their historian okay. mm-hmm. trainer and so it gives you like a nice kind of where they could pull stories from mm-hmm. and so you can kind of play your own guessing game the, yeah. more, the more we find out that's pretty cool though mm-hmm. giving you a backstory there yeah, yeah awesome what about you michelle um so i'm bringing today an article that says that's stating that netflix is going to premiere three of its original films in theaters before they release it on the streaming site. Roma, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and Bird Box. And so what's interesting is that this is the first time they're doing that, or 
in a more massive way, where Roma's going to be out in theaters three weeks before its premiere on Netflix, and then Buster Scruggs and Bird Box are going to be out one week in theaters before its premiere on Netflix. And this is all around surrounding you know Roma's Oscar contention mm-hmm. it has to be in it has to be in theaters for a period of time for it to be eligible for nominations and let's not forget that Roma had this big controversial moment in the Venice Film Festival it won the festival's top prize and everybody was like wait a minute Roma is a Netflix movie there's no theatrical release here how are they winning this festival's top prize what do you guys think I was going to say, like, I know Roma has been the talks of probably best picture, likely like, to yeah. win best picture for the past few months. Yeah. It's been very likely. I've heard likely. excellent things I've heard about great it. things about it. And I, I think this is a really good marketing strategy mm-hmm. as well because people are going to pay to go to the theater to see it. It's one of the, sometimes you go to the movie theater and you, it's a whole different experience than watching it on your couch. Yeah. It's a whole different experience. And it's smart for it to get nominated for that Best Picture because if it wins Best Picture, and it's very likely at this point, then it will just get more recognized out there and people will be more likely to jump onto it. Yeah. For sure. And let's, I'm sorry, let's just remind our listeners, Roma is the new black and white film directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs is the new Coen Brothers movie, and Bird Box is starring Sandra Bullock. So there's big names in all three of them that'll make, it'll draw audiences to the theaters for sure. Mm-hmm. People will want to go. Well, I think that that's the thing, right, is we're having, we're entering this era where producers are willing to take a risk on a more artistic and more cine- cinematographer, cinemagraphic kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Like you have Mandy, which was yes. done instant video before, gets a theatrical release Manchester by the Sea, very similar. Yeah. Also goes on to Oscar contention. Yep. So I think we're entering kind of a new wave of distribution where these kind of more online presences are gaining footing yeah. and then saying, well, we can prove that there will be an audience in the theater in these select markets. Mm-hmm. Almost like kind of targeted theater releases, like your Facebook ads. Yeah. <laughs> they know that the film people in DFW in Chicago mm-hmm. will, but not the two in L.A. or New York. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. But I definitely think it's a smart move to and then but also I think a lot of times movies get released in back into theaters if they get nominated true for an true. Oscar yeah, yeah that's true so I could see if Roma does well in theaters I could see it being there for three weeks going on Netflix and then going back into the theater yeah you know yeah. especially after it's one I mean it just seems like Roma is going to be a top contender. I mean, it's a Spanish language. It has a lot of different things about it. Spanish language film, black and white, um, non-actors are in the film. And so it's it's Cuaron's comeback after a couple of years after Gravity, I think. And and so it's an interesting it's an interesting film to bring because it's just so different to what everything else is right now. Um, but I think it's going to be worth seeing it in the in the theaters and then seeing how it does in nominations and then coming back to the theater to see it. I want to bring up a point you just said. The film is in Spanish. Yeah. So why would it be not, like, could it also be nominated for Best Foreign Language Film or would it be nominated for Best Picture? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets put into Best Foreign Film instead and mm. that's its own controversy because yeah. it isn't, because I don't feel like this, uh, the Oscars are comfortable or the Academy is comfortable with fully having this Netflix film take over. Yeah. They yeah. still want to have their, we're the kind of upper echelon of movies and 
we're old school Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And they've been fighting it for a while. You know, the mm-hmm. the popular kind of category was their attempt, and with that gone, mm-hmm. then they may yeah. stay, they may stay tr- entrenched in their kind of already tradition. Yeah, I think just right there it just makes it clear that the Academy is going to have a different, like it's going to change so yeah. much over these next, because we were talking about Black Panther, and now we're going to talk about Roma. Yeah. Now we're talking about how is the Academy going to shape up in the next yeah. year or two? Yeah, yeah. It'll be kind of going forward. Yeah. Um, What do y'all think of the Bird Box trailer? Did you guys see it? I haven't seen it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so it's basically like a quiet place, (laughs) except you can't, if you see it, you die. So, (laughs) so it's, it's a quiet place meets the, meets the Blair Witch. Yeah. (laughs) In the preview, Sandra Bullock has these blindfolds on her eyes and she's like, don't take the blindfolds off, whatever Mm -hmm. you do. If you see like some person looks at it and like she starts dying and it's, yeah, I know. It's very outrageous. (laughs) And I I was like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the scary film genre, but just looking at this, I was like, this could be really good or it could go downhill really Well, no, it sounds, it sounds like funny bad. (laughs) <laughs> Where like it's, right. it's they're all gonna be so serious about it, yeah. And it's so just insane. you guys. You guys need to watch the channel. Oh, I, 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 audience, you've, so, to... you've sold me. I'll put it that way. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I am, I, I am it's in. like everyone's like ah, quiet place. I, the other one, the ballad of Buster Scruggs. I don't know what that one's about. It's an anthology movie, and so you have Buster Scruggs as the main character. He's, okay, I think he's uh, played by Tim Blake Nelson, and then you have six other stories that fit around Buster Scruggs but are each individual from Typical each other. Typical brothers. Typical Coen yeah. brothers. And they come together. They're all, the glue is Buster Scruggs. And so it's just six, okay. ep- it's like six episodes but in an hour and a half nice. long movie. That'll be interesting. And it's set in the check. West. It's like a Western like sort of. Typical Coen brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll be watching that trailer when I get out of here and you guys will be watching we'll trade. the oh, yeah. Bird Box yeah, yeah, yeah. trailer for sure. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any buzz for this week you want to share? Sure, I'll go first. Um, I saw mid-90s over the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's Jonah Hill's first film as director. He also wrote the film. Um, it's amazing. It's kind of, it's pretty intense. It's only an hour and a half, but okay. you are kind of attached to the film the entire time. It's shot in three by four aspect ratio, and what happens is there's a lot of close-ups of actors, so you can't look away. There's nothing to distract. <laughs> it's just their face for, you know, two to three minutes of solid emotional response. Really good. The actors kind of, they hint at trauma and things in their lives, but they never come out and say it. And But you can tell, you can read their face, you can read their pauses. Okay. And that's what I really liked about it. I love I Yeah, it kind of reminded me of Lady Bird. It's, okay, it's, very much. But you say 24, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree, but it's more, it definitely takes more of like the younger male side where Lady okay. Bird, you know, yeah. is definitely from a girl's perspective. And um, it's, it's about a kid growing up kind of in the Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of his evolution from like childhood to adulthood. Okay. But it never comes out and say it. It kind of uses... Yeah. A framing device that you kind of discover at the end for why they chose this length of time, mm-hmm. and so it, it's kind of just everything's tight. The only my only gripe is at the beginning the editing's kind of choppy, but they're just trying to get you sure. into the the kid's mind. Okay. But once his, he meets his group of friends, you're just you're invested for the rest of the time. Nice, it's good. What about y'all? Anything? Uh, I I haven't been to the movies a lot. I will say I was really excited to see Bohemian Rhapsody, but now I'm just not sure. I'm yeah, not sure. And I, it's frustrating. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard I, the same. I think what I've heard is more like different music videos, different 
kind of just songs and obviously it's not Queen because it's just a movie. Yeah. But at the same time, I just I really had high expectations. It's one of those where the trailer looked so good. Yeah. And now I'm just I don't know if I'm gonna go see it. I might go see it this weekend. I'm really considering it. But now my expectations are very low, which could be yeah. like maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe, yeah, could could actually kind of temper it. To make yeah. It. But I think going back to the trailer, it's a good example because we have like a Star is Born, which is a kind of similar topic, mm-hmm. similar mm-hmm. kind of idea. Absolutely. But if you look at the trailers between those two, a Star is Born is about, you know, Bradley Cooper yeah. and Lady Gaga. It's very a lot of close-ups, very intimate. Yeah. And Bohemian Rhapsody is like, here's the stadium. Here's <laughs> the music. Yeah. You know? yeah. Right? It's yeah. almost the like sensory experience. Yeah. That you have to, it's just like a concert movie rather than here's a biopic. Mm-hmm. And you can even tell by the name, I guess. Yeah, and, and, you know, there are obviously aspects of their life and of their career that are included, like those studio executives that said, like, oh, you could never have a song named Bohemian Rhapsody. It's six minutes long. Are you crazy? Like, those parts are, you you know, you have to put those in there. But I've, I've heard also that uh, I read that the Brian May and the other Queen band member who were there contributing, they were just there for... They were producers, but they were mo- mostly there for musical accuracy, like performance accuracy. And so getting all four of these actors to get the performances right and really honor Freddie Mercury and the band and their legacy. But maybe it's not just so much about the story, but as you were saying, Richard, like the sensory experience of hearing all this music and seeing like the power of their performance. Yeah. And so I'm I've I've I'm disappointed that it hasn't done as well as I thought it would, but I'm still kind of excited to see it okay. because I've also seen enough interviews uh, in the past few days with Rami Malek. He he was on Jimmy Fallon and I think Stephen Colbert, and those were like just mm-hmm. listening to him talk about Freddie Mercury and like the work he put into it. I'm like, okay, I I see what you're saying, so it's. So I'm still considering it. Like, I'm st- I still think it's worth it. I think you should always go into something with an open mind. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is just a number. Metacritic is just a number or grade. You always should go into something. You might absolutely love it. You might absolutely hate it. It really depends <laughs> on how you view it. So I, I do appreciate yeah. that. I guess I'm kind of nervous about the Elton John biopic, Rocketman. Me too. Because just because of, like, <laughs> they're very similar, they seem in tone, and also you have the kind of title based off a song. I want to know what his life is going back. And it's the same director. Remember, <laughs> Bra- Bohemian Rhapsody started out with Brian Singer. Something I don't know. I haven't done enough research, but he was he was removed from the project. And the person, the director who ended up finishing the film, is the same director as Rocket Man. Yeah. And so, so but it may just be the absence of Brian. Whenever a director, you lose a director on a project, it's gonna be weird. Yeah. You can almost always feel the disjointed. Which scenes whose. So maybe since it's one voice, it might be a little bit, might be better for Rocket oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, so yeah, we'll yeah. see. I so funny story. I worked at an internship this summer. I think you guys both know this. I'm gonna <laughs> say it. anyways. So I worked there, and I actually worked for a development internship, and they are helping put Rocket Man to life. So wow. I actually got the chance to read a draft <laughs> of Rocket Man. Wow. I can't say much about it, no. but <laughs> it has potential. Yeah, it has potential. So. We'll see, but that's, I would imagine that Bohemian Rhapsody also has, but like, because that's go, true. The yeah. trailer, I think everyone around here that we knew was excited. Oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. But, so 
we'll take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. your your nod of approval does make me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, I, anyone can say anything. That's and we'll true. Just <laughs> get there, uh, Michelle. Do you have any buzz? Yeah. So this past week, I well, just a shout out to the Man in the High Castle. It's pretty good. Season three. I've been watching it slowly, as was recommended, and it's very decent. But the other thing that I saw, um, it's on Netflix. It's new on Netflix from last week. It's a show called Bodyguard. It was. It's a Netflix original co-produced with the BBC and it's about um, this bodyguard in London who's who's supposed to protect the one of the ministers and it is so good it is an action it's like the action movie that I've been missing for the last couple years in six episodes and I love that about British shows that there's just six episodes. You don't need any more, yeah. no less. It's it's just get to the point. Beginning to end has a clear path. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And this is um, it's Richard Madden. He's the main actor, and I think he was on Game of he Thrones. He was in Game of Thrones. Yep. Rob Stark. Rob Stark. And oh. um, in this show, he's just this bodyguard who he's a he's an army veteran, and so he has he emotes with his face so well just this like slight like going from like comfort to discomfort like taking action and being calm like it's just so good he's so good I'm excited. I, I might yeah. watch that it is very subtle it's like yes how it's he holds his mouth mm-hmm. and his little shoulder turns I keep thinking in like Game of Thrones when the, him and his mother are arguing in the tent and okay like, yeah that's the, one of those scenes of you watch him be I'm a man I'm a child and like flows in and out so that's exciting yeah there's some action sequences in there that you do not expect at all and he just handles it so well because he's trained that way but then there's this softer side where he's a dad but he's separated from his ex-wife and so how does he deal with you know dating or her dating or her kid or his kids you know it's like there's so much into it but he handles everything well, and that's what that's the other thing where he doesn't handle things well, you know, like he mm-hmm. drinks too much. And so it's like you see all this like inner fight. Oh, my gosh. This show is just so good. It's really good. Yeah. And it's called Bodyguard. Yeah, I know yeah. a lot of other shows have been coming out on Netflix, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of more spooky shows. So Sabrina, they mm-hmm. just came mm-hmm. out with the new version of that. And then The Haunting of Hill House. I've yeah. heard that's pretty good. I've I got heard some rec- recommendations for that one. I've been recommended that one a lot, too. Yeah. The new... Um, the new Tony Collette show called Wanderlust. Okay. That was pretty good. I watched that one. It's also six episodes, also a British co-production. Um, that one's, you know, she's a she's a psychologist, a therapist, and she's going through this weird stuff in her marriage, and like, so it's half funny, half serious, half everything with lots of feelings in it. So if you want like a deep emotional connection, that's the one for you too. Mm. It's really good. Nice. Well, yeah. all right. I think that's all we have for yeah. you guys this week. Uh, yeah. Thank you for tuning in. As always, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Netflix. At Netflix. At Frogflix. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but you should also follow Netflix because, I mean, I mean come on. Get the news. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like 10 minutes of advertising. This <laughs> yeah. <episode. laughs> Basically. Shameless plugging and all the time. And then yep. what's, you go for your plug. <laughs> <laughs> and check out TCU 360 for our film reviews every week. All right, you guys, you have a great week. We will see you soon. This is Frog Flicks. Peace out. Bye.